Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening. Happy Monday. Finally back home after really a month on the road between Christmas holidays, uh, New Year's, and the All-American Bowl, which for the first time really ever, SMU took center stage in a way on Saturday with the announcement of four-star quarterback Preston Stone committing to the Mustangs. We're going to talk about that on the pod today. We're also going to talk about what happened just really 36, 24 hours earlier, which was offensive coordinator Rhett Lashley leaving for Miami. And then uh, the basketball team played a game on Sunday as well, uh, or Saturday night as well, uh, uh, beating Vanderbilt in overtime on the road. So we're going to kind of cover all of that. Look, I want to start with Preston Stone for the majority of this podcast, really. But what a what a monster land for for SMU and so many reasons. I mean, one, he's up there at halftime of the All American Bowl, the most te- the most watched, most uh, you know well attended All Star game uh, out there, and he announces for SMU says, you know what, I've been I've been a Mustang before I could walk, and it's true. I mean, his dad Ted. Uh, his legacy, uh, Parker Stone, his brother, is is set to enroll here in just a really a week or so as a as a wide receiver uh, for the Mustangs, and he goes up there and he's got all the big boys on the table and he announces for SMU and you know I think first of all I mean you're you've got a quarterback that led his team to a state championship he's thrown for nearly ten thousand yards as a as a quarterback already in high school over there at Parish Episcopal and and completed 68% of his passes this year, rushed for almost 1,000 yards this year. And in a year where he lost a lot of kind of his, his key key guys at receiver, he was able to put together a terrific junior season. And, and so I think for Preston to, to have that stage, to announce for SMU, and if you, if you followed it on Pony Stampede, I was there and, and just a few feet away. And as soon as as soon as Preston announced, I mean, it, it was like a, you know, just a straight cattle call of the 2021 guys that are there for the All-American Bowl coming up to him saying what's up. Uh, there were some guys that were there behind him as he announced his uh, college commitment. And while a lot of those guys are some of the upper echelon guys in the country and, and aren't really considering SMU, there were guys there like Kamar Wheaton, the five-star running back out of Lakeview, Centennial and uh, and and plenty of others that at least would would give SMU a look just because of Kamar Wheaton and and so I think overall just a huge positive a huge win for SMU. I mean Sonny Dykes worked this extremely well over the last especially seven days where you know it looked like Rhett Lashley was going to to leave for another program in Miami as things heated up there and from from Cabo. Uh, he was, he was, you know, kind of making sure everything was still going to happen. And, and, and I think for, for the last, I would say year, maybe, maybe more like nine months, we were talking about this as a real thing for SMU, that they were going to have a chance to land Preston Stone and, and, and sure enough they do. And I I do want to say a huge credit goes out to Rhett Lashley on this one as well. He was the area recruiter. He was the quarterbacks coach. He was the offensive coordinator. He was over there as much as he possibly could be watching Preston Stone and 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 using his time uh, to go catch games, whether it would be 
a home game at Parrish that he was able to go see, or if they hit hit the road and played elsewhere. Rhett Lashley was there watching Preston Stone, and he spent really from the moment Rhett Lashley got hired, he spent his time recruiting Preston Stone for this 2021 class. So it sucks that he's obviously not going to get the coach room at this point, and he's going to Miami and. And and best best wishes to him because he he was a big reason why SMU had a top ten offense this year, but he also did a terrific job recruiting Preston Stone to SMU, and um, so he deserves a, a, a ton of credit. And and they they also talked Friday night, and that was when you know when the news broke and and that that he was leaving, and Preston Stone had already said you know what I'm announcing on on Saturday, and a lot of people on our board said well does this affect Preston Stone and and in large part, the reason the reason why I was obviously confident going in is is I knew that that things were were still in a great place, and that you know the right people were were telling him, hey, go to SMU, do your thing, still commit there. There wasn't there wasn't a a phone call that was, hey, I'm I'm going to Miami, you know, hold off or come visit or what have you. And uh, just from talking with people around this recruitment, I mean, this is a this is a young man that that's locked into to his decision. And so congratulations to Preston Stone. I think what SMU is getting in, in Preston Stone, he's got the, the comparison is definitely going to be like a Johnny Manziel S type of game, the way he plays, the way he extends plays. Uh, he's, he's got that ability to, to run obviously and, and get out in space and make plays and, and take off when things aren't going well in the pocket, but he does have that ability to be accurate. He does have that that gunslinger mentality and and at times it can get him into trouble I mean but at, when it when it comes down to it he's only thrown a handful of interceptions each each season at Parrish and so just a really really talented quarterback I think as as the camp season gets going this spring I, I think for me what I want to see is I want to see him go out and 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 certainly a test and he's got the athleticism he's built really well uh, I talked to him before his decision and he's he's Definitely two, six two. I mean, I'm I'm just probably six foot, maybe a shade under six foot, and and he and he's got like you know probably two inches on me. So uh, he's all of six two, I'd say. And he told me he was weighing right just under two hundred pounds at this point right now. So uh, he's about to get into uh, the off season training and really get back to work. But I, I do want to see him test. I think verified testing numbers in that four six four seven range, which is um, when when we've talked when 24 seven sports has talked to his coach, uh, over at, over at Parrish, Dan, uh, Novakov. And I probably butchered that a, a little bit, but, um, you know, I, he's, he's really talked about, you know, his ability to, to, to clock that type of a number. So I'd lo- I think everybody would love to see, um, uh, him, him do that and, and have that, uh, uh have that, uh, ability to, to, uh, to, to say, Hey, this is, this is what I'm bringing to the table from a, from a, you know, from a numbers perspective. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that's key. He's somebody that's going to thrive in seven on seven. And, and so I, I've heard that he's, um, he's going to be playing with the seven on seven team this, this, this spring. And that, that would be a positive look. Uh, there's, uh, here's the deal. A lot of people are going to be, I think, wary of where Preston is ranked now that he has committed to SMU. And a lot of people are going to look for reasons to drop him. And and that that's just kind of the nature of the beast. But in my opinion, the, the facts are that he still completed 68% of his passes as a junior. 
led them to a state championship. Doesn't have a ton around him offensively. Uh, I think I would say Corian Lynch is probably like the their only legit dude uh, out there running around for for Paris right now. I know they've got a tight end that I think has an Air Force offer, but overall it, it is kind of you know it was a lot of Preston this year. So you have that production. We'll see if that verified athleticism that's been talked about does show and and come through, and I think it will. Uh, so I want to see him test. But overall, I mean, it, really, it's a level of competition. But even as we've seen um, Grant Gunnell uh, step in for for Arizona uh, this year, who's highly productive as as a uh, as a high school quarterback, even even at that level that St. Pius plays at, you know, he didn't have a bad debut. Um, and he really <laughs> didn't play bad uh, at all this season for Arizona. Completed 65% of his passes, nine TDs to one interception. And so as much as I think a lot of people hated on Grant Gunnell's um, level of competition and how he changed his release, it was really kind of a mess, to be honest with you guys, just following it as a uh, as a prospect. Preston, I don't think, has some of those red flags uh, around him where he's messing with his release and he's doing this and he's doing that. Um, but either way, he's been productive and production is what typically tends to translate to the next level. And especially when you're talking about pressing going to SMU, I think it's he's got a chance to be productive and be a really, really good quarterback. And so, you know, I, I've I've talked with our uh, evaluators about that and, and our national team and, and said, hey, look, when we talk about all the things we want to see out of quarterbacks right now, you know, Preston is showing a lot of them and, and, you know, to be, to be a little balanced here, do I think he's maybe a five-star prospect? I wouldn't say that. Um, But I I think he's, I think he's still in the four-star range for me. So I don't, I don't, um, we'll we'll kind of find out where, where everyone's at um, as, as after when the 2021 rankings start to be messed with and things like that. Um, I think probably in in February, I would say. Um, but yeah, I, I think SMU is getting somebody that can step in right away and potentially start. He is he is a, a leader. He has that that confidence. I mean, any any the interviews that we did. I mean, he was he was terrific. I, I mean, really, he's got he's got a lot of maturity that you want to see. And um, they're a family just overall that are, that are committed to SMU and and certainly. Uh, an SMU legacy. And, and I think now that he's publicly committed, you'll start to see that buzz kind of pick up around SMU's 2021 class. He joins Isaiah Kelly, the Lubbock Coronado linebacker is being committed to SMU in 2021. And now for, for, for the coaching staff, it's, it's, you've got your, you've got your alpha dog. You've got your, your leader in this class, a high profile quarterback out of Dallas committed to the program. It's time to it's time. It's go time, and and all the things we've talked about on the board, you know, recruiting Kamar Wheaton, recruiting Savion Bird, some of these other high profile twenty twenty ones. It's all on the table for him because they've got the they've got the key guy out of Dallas now committed, and um, we'll see where it goes. It's going to be fun next year. On in January, we're gonna I'm going to be down in San Antonio, and Preston Stone's going to be quarterbacking probably. Uh, I would imagine probably the West team. Uh, in an all-american in the all-american bowl so the first smu signee i would imagine uh, to play in the all-american bowl which is pretty special for the program a lot of exposure and um we'll, we'll see where it goes from here but a huge huge historic day preston stone commits to smu the highest rated 
commit ever on 24-7 sports. Not, you know, maybe in the history, Eric Dickerson, obviously out there, guys like that. But Preston Stone in the rankings era uh, of 24-7 sports, the highest rated commitment ever for the Mustangs. He's locked in. He's ready to be a Mustang. And um, he'll arrive in January 2021 on the Hilltop. He'll be an early enrollee. So with that, we've talked a lot about Preston, Preston Stone. On the other side of this break, we're going to talk about Rhett Lashley leaving. We're going to talk about the options and and maybe kind of just allude to what the mindset is now with the program as they look for an offensive coordinator to take over what was a top 10 offense in 2019. And then uh, we'll briefly touch on SME basketball. We'll be right back with more on the Pony Stampede podcast right after this quick break. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Want a quick quick reminder for you guys. We've got our offensive coordinator hot board up. We dug around with a lot of sources and, and just people in the industry, and we assembled a list of kind of who we think SMU could target, should target, maybe some guys that are interested. We've got it on Pony Stampede right now. So take a look at that. Pick up a VIP subscription. And especially as now we're tracking, you know, into the 2021s and, and a key round of junior days that will happen following the dead period ending, and then as well as uh, the offense coordinator search to replace Rhett Lashley, you guys are really going to want to be on Pony Stampede right now. So check it out. Take advantage of that. And, um, you know, hope you guys enjoy. We had a few signups just yesterday off of the hot board and, and getting that online. A lot, of, a lot of good feedback off that. So I highly encourage you to check that out. Rhett Lashley did depart from Miami. The news really became official on Friday. And to be honest, guys, I, <clears throat> I, I didn't really think it would happen, but look, this is this is a this was kind of a a you, you can't turn this down type of type of offer, multi-year deal, over a million dollars from what I've been told. And look, when it comes down to it, I assume you would just it, you're just not gonna match that. You didn't. It, it doesn't make sense even for you to match that um, from from a numbers perspective. So. As important as Rhett Lashley was to the success of SMU's offense this year, obviously Shane Bouchel gets a lot of credit um, as well, and 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 James Prochet and Reggie Robertson when before he got hurt, and Xavier Jones in the offensive line, and all the players. It it, it, it it's a big deal that he that he left, but now um, SMU has a chance to go out and find somebody, and and maybe I would say find that guy from maybe the next two to three years. So maybe the, the, the end of the Shane Bouchelle era, maybe the beginning of the Preston Stone era, but ultimately you, you want your next hire to be hired elsewhere in, I would say two to three years. And so we've, we've got our hot board out there. I'm not going to get into names because that's VIP. You can check it out on our board, but here, here's what I think SME is looking for. And from talking with different people, they don't want to go air raid. They, they want to be a power spread team. And from what I've been told, Sonny Dykes has already told the team when 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 Rhett Lashley left, he sent out a text to the players and said, hey, you know, we're going to go get somebody. We're going to take care of everyone. We'll be good. We're not changing the system. This is going to just kind of be a new a new play caller. So stay tuned. We'll get somebody. But but that that's where we're headed. We're, we're staying on the path. We're not changing the system. And and look, that is, I think that's A, the right move. You've got Shane Bouchelle and all these weapons coming back. 
You don't want them to have to learn a new new terminology, new system, and things like that. So you've got that staying the same. There'll be some natural tweaks, I think, with a new offensive coordinator. But overall, they're going to keep the system the same. And and I think that that's the smart way to do it. I if There's one kind of comparison you can make to it. Alabama changes offensive coordinators all the time. But what people don't know, I think, as much is that that coordinator that comes in is like, this is going to be a new play caller. They don't change the system. They've tweaked it at times or added more formations, but the terminology hasn't really changed um, for Alabama. And, and that's why they're able to just bring in new play callers and, and keep, keep things rolling over there. And so I think that's a good move by Sonny Dykes. Bring in a new play caller. Don't change the system. You've got, you've got too much talent coming back to, to really kind of make a move like that and, and, and see it kind of go up in flames or things like that if, if, you, if it doesn't work out. Um, so the, I, they're looking for a new play caller, not changing the system. I think somebody, you could see somebody with air raid ties. You could see somebody with power spread or NFL ties. And I think as long as you get somebody, I would say the preference would be somebody who's an experienced play caller already. And I say that just because you hired somebody last time before the job was really attractive in Rhett Lashley that was an experienced play caller and had a national championship ring and, and things like that. And so why can't you get that again now with the top 10 offense to sell to somebody and say, hey, you've got this top 10 offense coming back. And then you've got Preston Stone coming in next January to work with. Why, why, why not? And so I would say you'll likely see somebody with experience play calling. That would be my guess at this point. Certainly could change. Um, I, I included some names that don't have play calling duties that are high profile guys, I would say, for in SMU, on SMU's level that could come in and get that opportunity to call plays. And somebody on our board made a great point is why would you want somebody who hasn't called plays to come in and learn? You know, this isn't a learn on the job type of offense with the way with as much talent as the offense has. And I, and I said, that's true. But also, wouldn't you rather a first year play caller? have the type of talent that he has uh, on SMU's offense and, and can can take advantage of that. And, and look, players make coaches look smart all the time. I think this is one of those situations where if you like somebody enough that is talented enough to be a play caller and you believe that as a coach and you've interviewed them and they're sharp on the board and things like that, then maybe, maybe you take the chance. And look, Sonny Dykes has called plays. He does not want to call plays. But you have somebody that has on staff and can certainly, you know, help out that transition. But overall, I mean, in my opinion, this is an offense that you could say, okay, let's let's get a first-time play caller that is, you know, a, a young, up-and-coming, really stud assistant coach somewhere, or maybe a co-OC that that doesn't have the play calling duties, and and let's give them the keys of the car because it's a, it's a car that can really really go <laughs> and and certainly be productive and and. And just be successful. I, I don't I don't think it's a necessity to have a, a veteran play caller, although I do think it's what Sonny Dykes will prefer. Overall, as the timeline goes, I think the one thing to watch, I would say, would be the coaches' conventions coming up in Nashville. Uh, that begins this weekend, I think, runs Saturday to Tuesday or Wednesday. So it runs over the course of the national championship game. A lot of coaches are going to be there looking for new hires, looking for uh, different guys to interview and things like that, and just network. And that's what Sonny Dykes will be doing. 
pretty much the, the whole staff is kind of on vacation right now and they'll return and then uh, head to the coaches convention and then the dead period's over and it's time to roll and try to see if you can't pick up one one or two splashes late here in the in the February signing period and and get things rolling so I think that's really all I've got on the on the Rhett Lashley thing I will say this he had some other options that that he did not like the situations that he was going into and 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 turn and turn them down and ones that made more sense than Miami but look He's gonna he's gonna go into that situation. He's got he's got a great deal. I think it was a deal that he couldn't really turn down, and so uh, Miami actually really kind of came after him a couple times here over the last month and a half, and and eventually they they got their answer that they wanted, and so um, congratulations, Rhett Lashley, just awesome guy, uh, great family, did a did a ton of good for SMU, and 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 had a nice thank you on his on his way out as well. So uh, best of luck to him. We're gonna be tracking the coaching search for. Sonny Dykes as he tries to figure out his next move as offensive coordinator. But uh, enough on that. Quickly, look, SME basketball, uh, (laughs) six minutes to go at Vanderbilt. It was not looking good at all. The team really just had totally fallen apart. And and for some reason, they were able to to pull it together. They switched to zone. They were able to uh, get a late steal by Kendrick Davis and force overtime and then pull off a really, I mean, I think they won by double digits. I think they won by 11 and in overtime on the road against Vanderbilt. So Vandy's not a great team. I mean, they're, they're, they're not, but look, you go on the road and, and you pull off a double digit comeback and seventh largest comeback in school history and pull that off in the second half that late in the game. Congratulations to him at the, the board <laughs> for, for the, for the kind of crowd that that wants to make a change at the head basketball coach position. It wasn't a good night for him. And I don't think anybody who's kind of on the, on the jank train is, is, was, was necessarily uh, winning that night either. Um, Just because look, I I think this team is, this team is a bunch of pieces. It has a few athletes, but overall it's just not consistent. It doesn't, it, it just not, it's not working. And, and look, you get a win, winning is great, but there are, and we've talked about it, there are cracks in this team right now, and it's going to be very interesting to see as they get into conference play where this thing goes. Thing goes, and they do have a chance to start out conference play. I think three and zero. I like their next few games in terms of how they pan out for um, for for SMU and and what's next and their ability to to put it all together. They they go they got UCF at home on Wednesday night, and then ECU on the road and then they head to Houston. So I think they could very well end up three and O there's a good chance of that. Um, and, and right now they, they sit at 11 and two overall one and one and O in the conference, but really, I mean, they don't have a legit win. They don't have a quadrant one win. The Vanderbilt win is a quadrant two win right now. So they'll, they'll have to really piece together quite the run in conference play, I think to get into the tournament and who knows? I mean, this is a this is at the point where it is a kind of who knows type of scenario with this program and what what they're going to do over the next few years or for next few um, few games. And um, we'll see if they're able to uh, to pull it together because it, it's uh, it's I don't know it, it it it's such a tough team to read. But I mean, every time I watch them, it's just kind of. I, I don't know how they're going to be able to pull together enough wins in conference play to make the tournament. So 
We'll see. We'll be following it. Keep it locked on Pony Stampede. Tim Jankovic has media availability on Monday night ahead of the fast track. And so we'll be there and covering that. But um, with that, it's time to wrap up this podcast. We'll have another one. We'll be back to our kind of two-a-week grind uh, on the podcast train. We'll take your subscriber questions for the next one. And we'll talk a little bit more recruiting and, and kind of how things are playing out in the 2021 class. And we'll recap SMU's next AAC game against UCF. So with that, guys, hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the podcast. Have a great week and hope everybody had a happy new year as well. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Pony Stampede podcast.